talk about something that is very, very dear to my heart. I started this about three weeks ago. I still want to continue. The love of God. The love of God. The love of God. The love of God. Jesus, thank you. You are love. Speak to us today, Spirit of the living God. And help us to see how much, how much we can love. And how much you can love through us. We're grateful to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Today I titled this message, Jesus' Commandment. Just love. Jesus has His commandment. In the Old Testament, God gave us His commandment. And then when Jesus came, He lived under the Old Testament. And He talked about the commandment that God gave to us. And you remember last week we talked about Jesus talking to a lawyer. And he said, how do you read the Old Testament, the commandments? And the lawyer came up with a summary of the commandment that God gave in the Old Testament. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. And he says, that's the first one. The second one is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, Jesus agreed with him. He said, do that and you will live. But then before Jesus went to the cross, he gave his commandments. How many like to know his commandment? He gave his commandment. He called it my commandment. He also called it a new commandment. A new commandment. I mean, this is the commandment for the New Testament. A new commandment I'm giving to you. And this commandment comes with a lot of excitement. Because this commandment blesses everyone. This commandment is so great. It's the, it's the most beautiful commandment that we can ever have. So beautiful. This commandment will bring you peace that passes understanding. This commandment will bring you joy. Like the Bible says, unspeakable, full of glory. This commandment will bring you health. This commandment will bring you wealth. If you understand His commandment, and you follow through with His commandment. You know, this commandment is the commandment to love. You know, your faith cannot work except through love. Faith that works through love. And it's faith that you use to receive things from God. So if you don't love, your faith is not effective. Many times when you pray and your prayers are not answered, don't go looking for what, thing, uh, what else you've done. Or, what, begin to think. Advice stepped out of love. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because that's His only commandment. That's His only commandment. And if you've not stepped out of love, you know who is behind it. The enemy, right? Then you fire your arrows. Get out of my life. Amen? So that's the first thing. It's a great commandment. You know, the opposite of the commandment that Jesus brought from heaven, it was never in the world until Jesus came. The kind of love that Jesus brought from heaven was never here. He brought it from heaven. He became that love. He embodied love when He came. So it wasn't here. All we had before Jesus came was the natural human love that is laced with selfishness. And you know, selfishness is, uh, is the cause of most pain. That we've suffered in this life. Selfishness. 
But Jesus gave us his commandment. Now, what was the focus of Jesus' commandment? Wouldn't you like to know that? I'd like to know the focus of his commandment. What was it really about? In John 15, verse 12 and 13, he says, This is my commandment. Right? This is my. He was talking to his uh, disciples right before he went to the cross. And this time, you know, in my culture, before a man dies, and in their culture as well, you know, remember uh, Jacob, before he, he died, he said, bring the children together. I want to talk to them, and I want to bless them. That's the way they did things. Before they die and before they depart, they'll call the family together. And they begin to talk to the family. And usually what they're saying at that time is so important. It was that time Jesus was telling them about the Holy Spirit coming. He said, I have a lot of things to tell you now, but you cannot handle them yet. Uh, the Holy Spirit is going to teach you when He comes. So, one of His discourse with them was this one here. He says, this is my commandment. What is this commandment? That you love one another as I have loved you. Love one another. If you are a brother in Christ, you are a sister in Christ, he is saying, I want you to love one another just in the same way I've loved you. Then he defined the kind of love. He says in verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friend. Basically, he's saying to you, This is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Be willing to lay your life down for your brother who is a Christian or for your sister who is a Christian. And if you are not willing to do that, you have not loved the Lord with all your heart. This was the commandment that was dear to his heart. And Christians defy this uh, commandment. They do nothing with it. They defy it. They don't do anything. And they don't think they're doing anything to the, to the law, the new law of God. They will excuse it. Once you step out of love, for whatever reason, and you can have a good reason for doing it, you step out of, you step out of life. You step out of God. Because the Bible says, God is love. Once you step out, this is his commandment, and we'll come into it. The whole purpose for the commandment is this one thing love. To love one another. You know, brothers and sisters in the Ark Fellowship, we have to do this. I want this to be the signature of our church. Amen. We have to love one another through love. True love for everyone that comes into this place. True love. Why am I speaking this? Because I want that to be manifested in our midst. Can you get the t uh, temperature up a little bit? It's kind of getting cold, I think so. Hmm? Thank you very much. I appreciate it. But this is what Jesus wants. When we love, we make his heart glad. And he can't help himself. He's got to bless you when you fulfill his commandment. When his commandment is so dear to you and you refuse, you know, you have to make up your mind. You know, this love that we are talking about, this is a spiritual thing. This is not love in the natural. This is spiritual love. And you have to make up your mind, this is what I'm going to do. 
I am going to love regardless. I want us to make that decision today. Never to step out of love. And when you step out of love, you're uncomfortable. It's as if you've done some horrible sin. And you go back and repent. But Christians step out of love all the time and feel nothing about it. And justify it. In the New Testament, stepping out of love is the greatest of all sins. Because it's Jesus' commandment. He says, this is my commandment. I give you my commandment. In John 13, this was before John 15 that I read. And you can also look at John 15 verse 17. He says, my commandment is for you to love one another. And he repeats it over and over again. So that you never forget that you truly have to love. No selfishness. But loving one another. Preferring the other person. Wanting the best out of them for life. Rejoicing with them, with them when they are doing good. Not being jealous. That's what it is. The love of Jesus. In John 13 verse 34 it says, A new commandment I give to you. You've heard about the old commandment. But now I am giving you a new commandment. How many will receive this new commandment? A new commandment I give to you. That you, again, that you love one another as I have loved you. How did he love us? He gave his life. Totally. Without reservation. So when Jesus commands you to love, he's not telling you to put your hand around the fellow and say, are you feeling good, brother? I hug you, feel it, feel it. No, no. He's saying, be ready to lay your life down for your brother. If you can lay your life down for your brother, it will be hard to criticize them. When they say something bad about them, something rises up in you. Even though you know what they are saying is true. No, don't do that. That's my brother. That's my sister. Love covers multitude of sins. You know what he's saying? The true translation, love prevents multitudes of sin. Because love heals. When you love, you have faith. And as you have faith, they can see that. And so you can tell them and criticize them and they won't feel it. You understand? Because they know you love. They know you are on my side. I can tell that. So you can tell them whatever. And they listen to you. Why? Because people gravitate towards love. They will stay to talk to you. If the love of Jesus is coming out of you. Everything that's living hungers for love. Everything. Your little puppies at home. No, but, oh, they love love. Charlie, please don't talk about it. <laughs> Everything that's alive hungers for love. We were created to gravitate towards love. Amen. You live when you love. You die when you refuse to love. When you allow hate into your life. For whatever reason. So that's why Jesus is saying, I'd like you to live. I came that you might have life. That you might have it more but look, this is the commandment. You can't enter into that life until you love. Give your reasons why you cannot love in this case. And you've given a reason to die. 
Love is the key for the New Testament. It's to love one another. I want that to be our banner in this church. We love. Even those that we disagree with. Not the hypocritical love where you have hate in your heart. You say, well, I love him in the name of the Lord. But if they give you a chance, chance, you'll take the person out immediately. God knows your heart. To love God. You see, when I see commandments like this, you know what I do? This is a serious matter, Lord. I don't know if I can love like you love me anymore. That's a serious thing you're asking for me. But Lord, I am willing if you help me. I am willing. And then I tell the Lord, Lord, I love you. And I love your people. Just as you command. Help me to love them. Every one of them. Even when they wrong me. I want to love them. Let me do something. Amen. To love them. We take his place in love. Amen. You see, he's no longer here. Who is going to love the world like he loved them now? He's not here anymore in person. Right? He's depending on me to take his place. Just as he was the light of the world. Then he turned around and he said, You are the light of the world. You are the salt. Now he is no longer here. And before he left, I have a new thing for you to follow. I have a new way for you to go. Take my place in love. Love them. Because the father loved and he gave his son, right? And he loved the world through his son, right? Now the son is gone. He wants to love the world through you. And he says, just as I lay my life down through love, I want you to do the same. That's my new commandment for you. Amen. We should love. We should love one another, even those that have offended you. Love them. That's how you are like your master. That's how they can see in your eyes, your father's eyes. They can hear his voice coming from you. Even though it's your voice they're hearing. But he's loving them through you. Be your brother's keeper. There was one who wasn't his brother's keeper. Remember? Cain. The Bible says he's of the wicked one. See? Because if you are not of the wicked one, you'll be your brother's keeper. Cain says, am I my brother's keeper? And the Bible says he was of the wicked one, meaning he was a child child of the devil. Children of God are brothers, keepers. I'd like you to see something here. Because you see, God has been just opening my eyes to see. There's only one message for the believer. Even for the world. If you don't know Christ, you don't know the reason why you were born. You will never know true life. And today is a good day for you to know life. Look at what the Bible says in 1 John 3 verse 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning. The message that they heard from the beginning was the message of love. 
This is the message that you heard from the beginning. That we should love one another. This was the message they've been preaching from the very beginning when they got saved. They've been hearing this same message over and over again. And we must hear this message over and over again. We must love one another. Period. John 13 verse 35 says, By this... All will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. You know, he's not saying, basically you try to love to prove that you are part of him. No. When they see you loving one another, it's proof that you are his disciple. That's what he's saying. That's proof that you are his disciple. When, when you are not loving, we know where you came from. You know, We can tell if it's all hate that you have in your life. First John 3 verse 14 says, For we know that we have passed from death to life. How do you know that you have passed from death to life? You can say you're a Christian, but if you still have hate in your life, watch, watch out. Look, it says the only way we know that we have passed from death to life is because we love what the brethren that's the only way you can know. When you love the brother. That's the assurance that comes when you truly love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Uh, you're living in death. That's your home. If you don't love for whatever reason. Notice he says, he who doesn't love his brother. He's not talking about those people who are not saved. He's talking about Christians. If you refuse to love and allow the love that Jesus placed inside of you, that's already there, if you, let it, if you refuse to let it come out, then at that point, you are abiding in death. That's why people who have bitterness get sick. And everybody pray for them. And they cry out. He's a good, great man in church, but nobody knows he has bitterness inside. We can't tell. You know, it's, it's, it's very it's clear that bitterness will cause sickness. That's not always the case. But this can happen. If you are walking in love, like I said, then you know where it's coming from. It's the enemy trying to do something, and God will turn that thing for something good. But if you are involved in it, or if there is hate in your life, you need to get rid of that. And just letting that go will bring healing. And my wife and I saw that in Tulsa. It was pastor's conference. I didn't know pastors have bitterness in your heart against, against people. I guess it's easy because their members cause them problems. I don't know. But no. <laughs> Not this one, you know. I can. <laughs> but it was a pastor's conference. And this guy spoke a very simple message about forgiveness and, and loving. And these pastors felt okay. I mean, their members were not around, so they were willing to let go of their bitterness. Amen. God forgive us. And you know, after that, so many of them were healed. Nobody said much about healing. I was shocked. I was really shocked. This one got healed. Another one got healed. Angela, you saw them. This one got healed. A lot of them. And I was going around, hey, man, this thing is a real tough thing. Bitterness can really make people sick. All they did was ask God for forgiveness. And right after that, they prayed a prayer, simple prayer of healing. And one after the other. You cannot break His commandments and receive His goodness. 
This is the commandment that is dear to Jesus' heart. We take his place in love. We give all when we truly love. Give all in love as he loved. You don't hold back. I said it here before. When you love like Jesus loved and his love is in you, you let it out. You let it go. Then there is no sacrifice that is too great. I want to share something with you this morning. When I came to the United States, and please bear with me, I'm not going to make anybody uncomfortable, but it's the truth for liberation. When I came to the United States, I was saved in 1975 in Nigeria. And uh, if you know my family, my family, you know, in my country, I came from a prominent family. That's, that's the truth. And uh, when I came to the United States, the only church that I knew did things the way we did at home, Pentecostals, because it was new to us, speaking in tongues and all of that. The only church I knew was the Assemblies of God Church. And guess where I am today? The AJ. So when I came to the U.S., I knew nothing, no other church. I knew the Baptists, excuse me, uh, in my mind, please don't hold me to it. In my mind, Baptists were flaky. Now, that's just the way I felt. Forgive me for that if you're a Baptist. And I, I only had, I wanted to go to the AJ church. So I, I joined myself with this AJ church in somewhere. I was in junior college down south Georgia. Now, I tell you, if you visited our church on Sunday, packed huge church, it was easy for you to identify the most important individual in the church. It was me. I occupied one pew to myself. Oh, yes. I could lie from my hands this way. And you know what was funny? I wouldn't, in my nature, I don't sit in the front. I don't like to be too close to the pastor. He's peer on me, you know. <laughs> and I don't want to sit way behind in the church, you know, because that's too far from the anointing, you know. So I usually sit in the middle. And in those days we had pews, and the pews were really long. So I occupied one pew to myself. And they jammed themselves up in front of me and jammed themselves behind me. I said, boy, Lord, I am such a great guy. I mean, they left the whole pew for me to have fun. I can dance and run one way and run the other way during praise and worship. I had the pew to myself. Amen. And I love my brothers. When I go back to campus, my African-American friends will call me and say, mm, Brother, why do you go to the white church? And I look at the guy. What did you say? There is a church that is white church? I didn't know that. He got a white church and a black church? I thought church was church. And he says, you better come over here with us. I said, just because you said that filthy thing from your mouth, I'm going right back to them. And he says, are you sure they love you? I said, I don't care. 
If they don't love me, I love them. And if they don't know who I am with God, that's their problem. I will occupy my pew to myself. Amen. I will enjoy myself every Sunday. You know, I was there on Wednesday because I really enjoyed my pew to myself. Kidding. I was there on Wednesday, on Sunday morning, and Sunday night I was always there with them. Amen. Now, when my brother saw me in the mall, they knew me well. The mall, you know, they were going to buy stuff. As soon as they see me coming, they do this. They're looking like that. And I've already seen them. So I will slowly walk by them. And as soon as they am by them, then they are up again. And then they see me in church the next day. Hey, hi, good luck. And I say, God bless you, brother. God bless you. I felt like killing them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, the Bible tells us this. In, in John chapter 13, it says there, Jesus, knowing that his time had come, having loved his own, he loved them till the end. I was determined I was not going to leave that church, no matter what they did. That was my father's house. If they want, they can all leave, and I'll become the pastor myself. I was not going to leave. That was my, that was my church, it's my father's house, and I'm staying with you guys. There was a young lady, you know, that really, she felt bad for me. And she was really good-looking young lady. And I heard the boys, you know, the teenagers and the young adults saying, Oh boy, she's so pretty. But she was really open-minded. And she thought she was going to help me. So she would say, Good luck, can I sit by you? I said, Lady, I have enough trouble as it is right now. <laughs> You're sitting with me might mean the end of my life. So please, just leave me alone, lady. I know you are trying to be nice. I know what you... But I enjoy my pew to myself. Leave me alone. I don't want this stuff, okay? I later found out she wrote to me after I left the place and told me what she was doing. I said, I understand, but I didn't... I thought that was too much trouble. I was enjoying the worship and my presence with God. But something happened one Sunday night. Can I go on with this story? Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now I feel free. I can share it. But something happened this one Sunday night. Pastor gave a serious message. Not Pastor Addison, by the way. Pastor gave a serious message on the family. And he called everyone to the altar. So we all went. It was Sunday night. And then Pastor had an inspiration from the Lord. And he said... I want the families to gather together in groups by family units. That was a mistake. So they all gathered in family units, you know, all over the place. It was a much bigger church than this. They gathered in their family units. And fortunately, there were few of us that didn't have any family member with us, you know. So we all congregated, you know, to one side of uh, the facility. And then pastor made the greatest mistake. He said, I, he was really excited because the Holy Spirit was, was moving. He said, I want you all, those who have families, I want you all to now call these individuals that don't have families to your family so they will pray. That was a mistake. So it became like, you know, so, you know remember when you play uh, basketball and you have to choose, you know. And <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I know you're having fun. So they started, they started picking. Hey, John, come over here. And, and come here, Peter, come here. Jones, come here. And then it started getting really slow. We were getting really few of us. And boy, I was shaking, you know. I was, I was, oh Lord, why do I have to be put through this? What is going on? And they picked, picked him, everybody, and it got to be two of us. And my legs were shaking him, and oh Lord. It was Sunday night. I don't think I was, if I were on my pew, I would be having fun. But right in the front, it was not that funny. It was only two of us left. And it was quiet for a long time. And somebody, someone, some courage, and called the other guy. And I went, oh yes, Lord. <laughs> and I was waiting for the next person that was going to call me. I was shaking. And, and, oh Lord, let somebody call me now. And they waited. There was silence for a while. This is true story. There was silence for a while. Then pastor said, let us pray. So they prayed and I took Jesus' hand. You are in my family, Lord. You pray for This is great prayer. And they prayed. A powerful prayer. Anointed prayer. I know you're shaking your head, but I have a point for this story, okay? So right after they prayed, I immediately went to my seat, got my Bible. I, have you read that scripture where it said Judas took the soap and immediately left? And the Bible added, and it was night. Huh? Yes. When I left that sanctuary, uh, it was darkness for me. It was night. I was feeling so bad. I ran back to my hotel room, uh, my uh, dorm room, and knelt down before God, and I was, I was crying hard. I was crying out to God. God, what is this? I said, God, what am I going to do now? These are my brothers and my sisters in Christ. What am I going to do? I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to go to any other church. I want to go back. But what they've done is so horrible. I, I don't know what to do. God, you better tell me. I mean, I was, I was weeping hard. But I, I didn't eat anything. I just was on my knees crying out to God. You got to help me. You have to help me. I don't know what to do. I'm about to lose my faith, you know. I cried out. And uh, the Lord said, you're, gonna go, you're going back. Made that clear. So I said, okay, God, I'll go back. But I, I need to let them know what they did was bad. So for two weeks, I'm not going to back to church. And I was not going to negotiate with the Lord about that two weeks. is mine. <laughs> I'm not going back to church for that, those two weeks. But I never did that. I went back to church. And uh, continued with them. They tried in a way to let me know that they were sorry, but not direct. They just said, if you, if you love Jesus, uh, good luck, say hi. They said hi. And uh, they never mentioned what happened. And it was like somebody took a dagger, made it even worse for me. But I stayed with that church until I graduated. I never lived them. They knew me. I knew them well. I wouldn't move anywhere. They were my brothers. 
I love them. And I told the Lord that. I love these people. They are my brothers. I forgive them. It doesn't matter. These are, peop- these are my people. I will stay with them. When I graduated, they acknowledged I was through. I left. Those days they put names of students that did well in Dean's List and published it in these small towns. People, that's when they talked to me. Oh, we saw your name, you know, and all of that. But I graduated and I left. And I called, you know Pastor Addison? He tell you. I called him. I said, Pastor Addison, I didn't know who he was. I checked the telephone book and I found First Assembly of God. I'm going back for my executive pew when I get back there. I called him. I said, Pastor Addison, uh, this is good luck. He said, are you sure? Your name is good luck? I said, yes, sir. My name is good luck. Uh, I'm a Christian. Can I come to your church? Is it okay if I come to your church? He said, by all means. Come. I said, well, I don't have a car yet. Is there any way you can arrange for somebody to pick me up? And he laughed about it later. I said, that's the first time I've heard somebody begging me to come to church. (laughs) But you know, when I got back there, life was totally different. My best friends today in that place. The same color people. My best friends. Ministers till today. They live with me. We stayed together. They were my roommates. We did everything together. One of them just called me. He wants to come to church here. He says, good luck. I'm coming. I want to play saxophone in your church. I want to sing with them. I said, I'll talk to the music minister. He just called me the other day. He lives in Louisiana now. They called me from all over. We're brothers. It was totally different. I enjoyed myself and fellowship. And you know what God did? One day, Pastor Addison preached a great message and invited families to come up. But he said, the rest of you can sit back there. A very prominent family in the church. The lady was walking by and she tapped my shoulder. She says, good luck. I want you to join our family to pray. I was the only person who didn't have a family that was asked to come. And instantly the Lord said, you remember what happened then? That's what I'm doing right now. You're getting it back. And you know, God is such an amazing God. That lady, she didn't even know what, what she did. How much she meant to me. What she had done to me by inviting me to pray with his family. And I prayed with that family with all of my heart. I'm so glad. So after a while, the Lord said, I want you to tell her how meaningful what she did was to you. I didn't know that she was in the dumps. She was feeling so bad about her Christian life. And she was hurting real bad and really doubtful about her faith. And I walked up to her. I was well known in the church. I taught the adult Sunday school class there. That's why I did the church. That was the main Sunday school, adult Sunday school class. It's a different place. And she, I walked, walked up to her and said, I want to tell you something. You remember when you invited me? She said, yes. I told her the story. She just started bawling. She was crying. I just said that I did. I have not done anything good to the Lord, and I've got. And she was so happy. God did that. 
when you love like Jesus loved, you give everything away. You love till the very end. You don't quit halfway. Amen? You stay with it. And when you give all away, you gain His companionship. You gain His abilities. Amen? You gain from Him. The other day, I was long ago, I went back to, the, to Pastor Addison. He became the, the superintendent of all the Assemblies of God churches in Georgia. My pastor that I was with, seven years, that I really enjoyed our fellowship and taught in his, in his church and everything. And uh, I was traveling as an evangelist and I stopped by him and then we were talking in his huge office. He was no longer in the church. And we were talking and he said, Oh, good luck. I remember this. Do you remember the church that you were in where you sat in the one pew? I said, Pastor, there, there is no way I will forget that in my life. <laughs> he said, you won't believe this, good luck. That church is totally mixed today. There are blacks, there are Hispanics, there are whites. Everyone is happy to be. You were the seed for that. You see? Love never fails. Don't quit. We are brothers. We look beyond what you see on the outward. That's not the brave person. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. All things have become new. We are brothers. We don't relate to one another based on skin color. We don't. I don't when I see you, you are my brother. I want to be able to lay my life down for you. And you see the reward. Look at the beautiful people God has given to us here. See? This is all turned around. Look at the great people God has put in my life. All of the races. Amen? And more coming. We are all together. God is going to use our church to show to the world that the love of Jesus transcends all. That we can love like Jesus loves. So important. So important. When you love, you give everything. Why am I saying why am I saying this? I really want love to be our signature in this church. We know what the world is like, right? And the church has done that in the past. We're not going there anymore. Amen? We are, going to the show, we are going to show to the world that Jesus, His love, transcends all. And if you love in your own family, in your own life, God will give the reward. This may be difficult. Sometimes when you love, it seems like you're losing. Right? When Jesus was dying on the cross, He seemed like He was losing everything. The disciples were despondent. They would say, oh, we, we've lost all. The one we, we thought was the king from heaven. Now he's gone. But he came back to life again. And we have victory. When you love, you give it all. Let love be your testimony. Solomon loved the Lord. 
First Kings 3 verse 3 and 4 it says and Solomon loved the Lord walking in the statutes of his father David except that he sacrificed and burnt incense at the high places now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there for that was the great high place Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar a thousand the guy was just he, was, he loved God when you love, you give. When you hesitate to give to God, the reason why you hesitate is you're not letting His love out in you. When you hesitate to love others, that's because you really don't know His love. Or you have His love and don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Let God show you what to do with His love that is in you. This love will save souls. This love will turn something that is ugly to become something very beautiful. We have, and you have that love in you. You can transform the love in the world. You remember, Jesus said, uh, Paul said, "Love never fails. Never. Seem like you're losing, but you're own failure." So we get excited about loving. And Jesus told us how to love. We give everything. He says, "Pray for your enemies." Remember that. Pray for your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use you. They're using you, making it hard for you. He said, pray for them. In this way, you are like your father that is in heaven. You want to be like Jesus in the world? Pray for those who misuse you. Who maltreat you. That's the way to be. And I tell you what, when you do it, there's a joy that comes inside of you. And you grow and God takes you to another level because you are more like his son. He brings you to the summit with his son. Where you are transfigured with his son to love even when they've done you wrong still love and they'll turn around and really love you and they listen to you everything that's alive hungers for love we need it and when you give it you can see that man who seems so hard and he's ranting and doing all that kind of stuff. He's hungry for love. Amen? Just begin to love him. Say nice things to him. Buy him little things. Tell him I love you. Before long, you'll find out why he's so angry. And he'll be talking to you, this hard fellow. And all of a sudden, he begins to cry in your presence. Love has conquered now he wants to turn and give his life to love. Let the love of Jesus conquer today. I still have a lot to go. I will continue this message next week. Maybe the week after. I have a lot. We need to love. We need to make a commitment. When you love much, you hurt much. That's the way it is. Today is a day to abandon yourself before the Lord and say, I will love. Amen? You never lose. I have gained much. I can be free to share with you because I really don't, it doesn't bother me. I love you and I know you love me. I don't have any doubt. You see, when you don't love, you're afraid of what they'll think. I don't feel that way. I love you and I know you love me. I can share with you from my heart. And we can love one another. Just as Jesus loved.
Do you have somebody in your life that you can't stand? You're losing. I know of brothers that can't stand one another. Sisters. They can't talk to one another. And they justify it. I'm coming to that. They say, in this case, we can't love in this case. It's too much. God understands. I really cannot love. One of the concerns Jesus had, He said, because iniquities, iniquities shall abound. What? The love of many shall wax cold. They can't love anymore. They begin to make excuses and say, in this case, God understands. I cannot love. When you do that, you have stepped out of love and you're going to destroy yourself. The first thing is to love Jesus who gave himself for us. Will you bow your head with me this morning? This is so simple to do if you don't know his love or don't feel loved. Why don't you let Jesus put his hands around you and love you? And then you will know how to love others. Because right now you have bitterness, serious hurt because of what people have done to you, and those things are holding you back. This is the day to be free. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest this is the day and God is calling you God is calling you Jesus is calling you he wants to pour out his love into your heart you know many of us know when we've received Christ the love that we felt you love everyone that you saw they were so beautiful in your eyes you saw things differently you love Jesus and you love the world even the flowers were different when you found him and Jesus' love came into your heart. How many of you remember when Jesus came into your life? And I see your hand. You remember that day Jesus came into your heart and you felt his love. I noticed some of us didn't put our heads up. But if you want to know that love his love is available to you today how many will say I want to know that love can I see your hand up please say I want to know that love of Jesus how many will say that this morning you want to know that love everyone knows his love here I want you to bow your head with me right now. We're already doing that. Say with me this morning. Dear Jesus, I understand your message of love. I give myself totally to you. To love 
to love God and to love my fellow man my brother and my sister Jesus I welcome you into my life totally I want you to love through me I want to take your place in love thank you Father in Jesus name Amen Amen. Uh, Brother Amla would you come over here and anyone who is feeling sick in the body please come we want to pray for those that are sick I felt that earlier on if you're feeling sick in the body please come Sister, I love you. Amen. 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 Amen.